Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome to History Dweebs. I am Tim. Welcome to the podcast where we take a lighthearted look at the dark side of history. I'm joined, as always, by my good friend, Brandy. Brandy, are you there? Good morning. And my good friend, Charles. Charles, are you there? I'm here, Timmy. I'm here like always, Timmy. I'm here. I'm prepared. And you are, you, 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 Charles, are very dependable. I'm very reliable, oh, yes. yes. I'm nothing if not reliable, Timmy. Just what I was thinking. Uh, the t- title of our podcast today is Side by Side, The Death of Bonnie and Clyde, two, of course, two of the most famous uh, criminals in American history. Um, we're going to talk about that. Before we do, I should mention that we use adult language on this podcast. Goddamn right and we so, do. So mm. if uh, foul language offends you, then we would suggest that you check out one of the other fine podcasts out there, like uh, Already Gone with our good friend Nina, and also uh, They Walk Among Us with our good friend Ben and Rosanna. Except don't uh, don't they, don't become friends with Nina. Because, why is that, Charles? Because then you'll hear foul language and adult content. Yeah, but she doesn't do it on her <clears throat> show. She's very very no, but professional. You know what? She's I'm, not the goody two shoes she makes herself out to be, Timmy. I'm just calling out right here, right now. <laughs> oh my god! So we're doing we a, got a podcast gonna, war. Yeah, that's right. It's going to be the the. The Midwest versus the South. You always have the the East Coast and the West Coast, but this is the Midwest yeah. versus the South. She pretends to be a goody two shoes, and uh, I've heard her cuss, Timmy. You've you've heard her swear. I've seen her drink yeah, alcohol, Timmy. I, I've seen her. We've all seen that. Yeah, she's she do, she does post a lot of alcoholic uh, drinks and things on her Facebook page. Oh, okay. Well, she's allowed. Hmm. I'm just saying, I, she's, I think it, she's an adult. got a wee bit I of a won't. sailor's mouth on it, Timmy. That's all. That's all I'm saying. And and, and 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 it seems like Colonel, she has a drinking problem, wouldn't you say? Now I, you know, I'm I'm not a I'm not a counselor. I'm not a counselor, but right. she does enjoy the 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 devil's brew, Timmy. Yeah, she oh seems to. She mm-hmm. seems to, and we don't condone that, of course. We don't on this podcast. Leave that woman alone. We, I do. We're. I'm drinking now. 
Let's go. <laughs> All right. So um, we're going to do something different this time. Well, let me introduce the panel, and then we'll talk about it. Um, I am happy to introduce uh, my co-host, who is known throughout the land as Brandy the Benevolent, Her Majesty Queen Brandy the First. Brandy, how are you, if at all? I'm, you know, Timmy. I'm, I'm troubled, Timmy. But we'll get into all that. But everything's good, and I, uh, you know, we're we're still dealing with the, you know, pandemic day one thousand and eighty-seven. It feels like and. Working from home and with all of the fun stuff that that entails, because people are here with me. And are you so wearing I'm, a mask for this podcast? Because we do require I, a mask. I am not. I am not at this time. Um, but I will tell you that I had to take Noah out the other day to get a prescription from Target or whatever, and he and I were both both wearing masks, but he was appalled at the number of people that were not wearing masks and god love his heart did not hesitate to point it out that they were not wearing masks <laughs> and that, that was very dangerous so so he was, it was shaming it was them. a short trip yeah a little bit it was it was a short trip to target we were in and out of there probably the fastest i've ever been in and out of a target grabbed him uh, by the arm and just dragged him out yeah, the just door come, i know they're not wearing i know buddy i know i got it so um so yeah, it was uh it's the adventure. Um but you know, we're we're on automatic up here, Timmy. So how is how is Kentucky, if at all? Uh Kentucky is fine. Um, you know, we here in the bluegrass state, the Commonwealth is I am doing well and I'm staying safe. I'm social distancing, which is kind of what I do. Yes, yeah, kind of your time. thing. Mm-hmm. Um the more important question I guess is how is Dottie? Uh, she's fine. She's uh, social distancing. She's wearing a mask. And uh, she is doing fine. Does she have enough Twinkies to last her? Or did you forget? Oh, oh, no, I just ordered, uh, you know, this Instacart thing is like, uh, it's the greatest thing ever. You can just order anything and it appears at your door. So It's a bit of a scam, though, Timmy. I realized Instacart, uh, I figured out their business model, Timmy. Okay. So if if Kroger, let's say let's say you have a penchant for Keebler fudge sticks, Timmy. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And you look not that we would not that we would eat anything so sugary, but go yeah. ahead, Colonel. And you look on Instacart, and it says the price is two ninety nine. Uh-huh. But Kroger might have them on sale for a dollar ninety nine that week. But you pay full price on Instacart. They don't give you the discount, Timmy. They don't give you the discount. And you don't get Charles, your- that's Charles, that's not true. I get a lot of things on sale from Instacart. So they get the, they oh, give I, you the sale I just, price? Are you Yeah, I are just you ordered saying that Chuck's full of shit and doesn't know what he's talking about? <laughs> well, Is I don't that what you're saying. I, I don't want to get sued by Instacart because yeah, I uh I ordered I just am. a few minutes ago and it I, got I so am fast. shocked that Charles would speak about something that he doesn't know anything no, about. Well, I, I'm, shocked to I'm only you. told, I, my boys told me this, and they are, I believe they're more technologically savvy than uh, us, Timmy. 
But they yeah, said that, that if, if, like, if you have a, if, if you have hot dogs, that uh, get one, buy, buy one, get one free. You don't you necessarily get extra- the free one, Timmy. You, just, you think they're taking your your hot dogs? I believe they're taking my extra package of hot dogs, Timmy. Let me inter- let me introduce a man who Brandy really needs no introduction. He's yeah. a a man who is, you know, we live in troubled times, Brandy, and and uh, our our listeners especially, but many others look to this man as an he's an oasis in the desert of despair. He's a moral compass. He's been he's been described as the most dangerous man in podcasting today by no uh, one. Uh, and he has a he, I think he's you have to tell us Charles about it. you have a you have a new podcast. I don't know if you're ready to reveal that but well, it's not so I'll, I I will I will out you anyway. The very honorable the Reverend Colonel Charles Beauregard, best-selling author Brandy. <laughs> Chuck Hawkwaters the third. How are you today, Colonel? If at all, I'm not good, Timmy. <clears throat> well, I'm not good. What's wrong? What's wrong, Charles? Timmy, I'm. Nobody cares. Twenty twenty two years ago, Timmy, I I took an old kitchen mm-hmm. and I gutted it top to bottom, Timmy. Cabinets, okay. floors. I built the cabinets myself, Timmy. Built the cabinets uh- myself. Routed out okay. the edges, sanded them, polyurethaned them, stained them. The right, whole right, right. Yards. Yeah, come on. Everything, Timmy. Everything. Oh and I'm doing it again now. I just put a new floor in there yesterday. The cabinets. Well, I didn't realize. 22 years ago, and you're doing My it cabinets, Timmy, that I spent all that time lovingly staining and 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 sanding and routing and trimming out the edges, Timmy, have been painted over. It's a sin, really. It's a sin. Oh my God! What is it? Uh, how does it look, Colonel? I don't know. It looks like a kitchen to me, Timmy. Uh, but well, yesterday uh, I had to crawl around amazing? on my knees and put a new floor because twenty-one years ago I tore up a floor and put a ceramic tile floor in my kitchen and. Apparently, ceramic tile is no longer hip, so I had to tear up the ceramic tile and put a new floor down, Timmy. That's an amazing story. Yeah. Did you have to so get rid? Of, did you have to, to get rid of all your lava lamps and stuff like that? Too? I did. I did. I'm not getting rid of my bell bottoms. All the shag carpeting. <laughs> they, yeah. Did you get rid of the shag. I did. They, they will. They will take my bell bottoms when they pry them from my cold dead hands, Timmy. But I'm. But I'm I'm fine with all that except you know I, I think back and I was I was I was 34 years old when I did that Timmy, a 34 uh-huh. year old man crawling around on the floor and doing all that work is different than a 56 year old man crawling around on the floor doing all that work. Well, so just j- just wait until you're 78 and you have to do it. Again. I know, I know, I. It hurts to me. I'm, I'm, I'm hurting to me. I'm, I'm physically hurting, and it just brings a tear to my eye because those cabinets were custom made for this. Oh my kitchen. god! You just fucking painted them. They're still custom made. Jesus fuck! You, you don't take beautiful Fine. oak and cover unless it up with you're paint. Gonna stick your, <clears throat> unless you're going to stick your dick in one of those cabinets, I don't give a fuck about them cabinets. You just painted them. They're fine. They're still lovingly put together and hung up. They just needed a fresh coat of paint. 
fucking hell. You don't paint over. Uh, Why? You don't paint over a beautiful. Are you? Apparently, she's anti-wood, Timmy. She uh, doesn't no, respect wood. Not that. I don't know. She sounds. She says she's pro wood. <laughs> she's, she's pro. Absolutely. She's am. pro wood, depending on uh, how her coursework is going, Timmy. <laughs> and well, you know, Good for the, for our new list, bigger, for a bigger first world problem than I had to paint the cabinets that I put. I'm not up. talking about paint. It was terrible, and I'm so sad, and I hurt. <laughs> okay, I, I'm not going to ask you this question about being on Was your, your knees. Local Starbucks closed But too? have you spent an entire day on your knees, devil? <laughs> have you ever let your grades drop that bad that you had to spend an entire day on a hard surface on your knees? Well, for our new listeners that might not get that reference, Colonel, we were ter- talking, of course, about oh. her, Brandy's... Um, Illicit? Uh, well, I, I don't want to judge, but she, she had... A uh, encounter with you know, her economics professor. This is why I never tell you guys fucking anything. Because we've been going on this for four years now. Yeah. I thought everybody yeah. knew. <laughs> Jesus well, Christ. Well, it's part of your past. You need to embrace it. I'm over it. I don't know why you all aren't. <laughs> all right. So. I mean, my God. That poor professor, so, he was me too, Timmy. It was me too by the devil. <laughs> well, she got a C plus out of it, so I know. Oh my god! And it had to take a while because he was like what, like seventy eight years old or something? <laughs> no. How old was he, Brandy? He was in his thirties. Hmm. Hmm. Mm. We don't. We don't approve, devil. We don't approve. No. Oh, I didn't remember the last time I gave a shit about that. <laughs> so there's that. All right. Can we move on? Yes, we're gonna we're gonna do something a little bit different today before we get into the story, because uh, we do usually banter quite a bit. But today we're gonna address something. It's there's a lot of uh, things going on in the world right now. Of course, we have the pandemic going on, uh, and we. But uh, this weekend, um, there's been protests around the country. And um, we're going to just spend a few minutes talking about it because we don't want to totally ignore it. And um, so if you don't want to hear uh, us discuss the events that's going on, then please just fast forward for about 10 minutes and and you'll get into the story. But it's a lot of um, it's a, a difficult time in our country. So. Like I said, we didn't want to ignore it, and we wanted to discuss it. So I'm going to start by asking Brandy her impressions of um, of the recent events. You know, it's um, it's it's hard. It's um, it it's almost unfathomable that in 2020 we're still dealing with these issues of police brutality and and you know racism and and it's just it's fascinating to me that this wound uh, (coughs) this wound cannot heal uh and i know for me personally um i was i i was appalled at 
um, the events in Georgia. Mm-hmm. I I couldn't I couldn't wrap my head around what makes you think that what you're doing is okay. What made you think that you know even if you were going to stop somebody and make this citizens arrest and you know you're nothing but the good guys, why do you take a gun with you to do that? Why do you need a gun? You call the police. And you wait for them to get there. You don't hold somebody against their will. You don't, you know, you certainly don't pull out a gun. Um, It's, that was very hard. That was very hard for me. Um, And then uh, I watched a murder on television. An actual murder. Um, You heard a gentleman's last words. You watched him take some of his last breaths and I don't understand how anybody can look at that and say that that was not excessive, that that wasn't murder Um, and I can't believe that um, I can't believe that there have not been more arrests, I mean thank you you arrested the officer that sat on this guy's neck for maybe even unknowingly trying to pass a counterfeit $20 bill. Give me a fucking break. You don't have anybody else to go catch except for this poor guy. Yeah. Now, and uh, even the charge was what manslaughter. Well, uh, was murder three. What the fuck is murder three? And, and, I, and I will tell uh, you, it was, it was almost certainly un, unwittingly, because printing a $20 bill in your basement is not something that the average person can do. <laughs> so No. I mean, he's probably, you know, gotten it as change from something and went to go spend it at the store. I, and this is and they pull him out of the car. You got nothing better to do than go after chase some guy down. Over a counterfeit twenty, yank him out of his car and sit on his neck. He wasn't resisting, and it, he didn't know what the fuck was going on. And unless something's changed, and, I, and, and I'll let you keep going here, but uh, unless something's changed, that actually happened to me before. I went to uh, I went to the store and I, and I had just gone to the money machine. And this is back before you could, uh, you know, swipe your your card in and use it. You know, it's when you had cash or used a check, right? You had to pay cash. Yeah. And when the woman used the little marker on the 20, it was a counterfeit 20. And what the woman said, she she called the manager over and the manager said, I have to take the $20 bill. We'll be calling the police. Somebody will be in touch with you. I'm very sorry. And and I said okay, and you know, I mean, I was I was a little aggravated that they took my, you know, that I lost it, but I had just gotten it out of an ATM machine. I paid it, and I went on my way. And about right. about two weeks later, I got a call, and I talked to a Secret Service agent, and he he wanted to know basically it was you know a trace and you know trying to figure out where this came from, and. It was back when Provident Bank was a bank here in Cincinnati, and they gave me my twenty dollars back because I, you know, got it from the money machine. And then I signed an affidavit, 
you know, I, I talked to this agent and then he came to my house and with an affidavit saying that this is the events and I signed it and, and that was it. That was it. I mean, you know, you know what I mean? That was the incident. Nobody, the police didn't come to the store. The police didn't. Right. I, they took my $20 bill and said, somebody will be in touch with you. I'm sorry. And, and I was mad cause I lost $20, but that, that was the incident. Now, I'm not understanding what what caused that, but I'm sorry. I did not mean to interrupt. Well, no, I just, you know, I, I, you know, we watched all this. We watched all this unfold. We watched it over and over on the news and we watched it, you know, and I think that, um, and I think two things, well, I think a lot more than that, but I think first of all that um, as a society, I think as a society as a whole, I believe that. When this becomes something that we are complacent with, I think we've really entered some Hunger Games type shit territory. Um, and, you know, we kind of, we've joked about it before, we've done this, but it's starting to become very, very real now. And, and I find that, um, and I think that as, you know, the black community, they need to be mad. They should be mad. And I know they've been mad for a long time. And it's justified. Um, but this, you know, I don't have to worry when my son goes out and delivers DoorDash or when my son is, you know, caught speeding or whatever. I don't worry that he's going to get shot. I don't, that's not something that's ever been a worry for me. I worried that he'd go to jail because he's a jackass, but I've never worried that he'd be shot. And I can't imagine. As a mother, having to worry not just about your young children, you know, getting into trouble and getting shot over something stupid, but your grown babies getting shot for nothing, getting killed for nothing, um, having to be afraid of the people that are supposed to help you. Um, and that's my, that is my, that is my privilege, and I know that I'm gonna. I know that I'm gonna screw this up, and I know that I may say the wrong thing. But I, you know, we have this discussion about race. Uh, <coughs> some of it, you know, has to do with where we work and the and the jobs that the three of us do. Um, that you know, we we come across this kind of stuff a lot. But I just kind of, I cannot even. I cannot imagine. And I think it's time for all of us collectively as a society to stand up and say it's not okay. It's not okay for police to continue to um, murder um, our citizens in the street. Uh, It's not okay for people to run down Asian Americans in the street because they think that they brought the coronavirus. Um, You know, it's not okay for trans people or gay people to constantly feel brutalized and victimized. And, and And I think that when we stop taking care of some of the vulnerable groups in our society, I think we face, we face a collapse. And unless we work all together, um, and unless we address it all together, 
I think we're going to continue to see this, and it's and it's. I can't imagine what that's like for my um, for my black friends to have to. That's something that they deal with every single day, and I can't imagine having that burden. Yeah, I mean it's a and, uh, it's a shame that you have to worry about your kids leaving the house. But I mean, hell, the one the lady in Louisville, she was killed in her own home. Yeah, I know what I know. Why are you serving a no knock warrant on something squirrely? And they didn't even find anything. You know, it was something dumb. What what the hell? I don't understand why all of a sudden there are. Well, and it's not all of a sudden I say that and it's not. Um, I think with cell phone cameras and things like that, it's come more to the forefront. But I think that um, people of color, all people of color have dealt with a lot of this stuff for years and years and years is that there are two sets of rules because I can bet you that if I passed, I tried to pass a counterfeit bill, they're not yanking me out of my car. And the thing that – the thing too that pissed me off is, you know, they they released his autopsy or they released part of his autopsy or whatever and they cited all these underlying conditions and – you know they're going to wait for the toxicology to come back. I don't understand. No, no. The man died because his airway was cut off because a white police officer thought it was okay to put his knee on that man's neck, and he thought it was okay to do it over two minutes after the man had been passed out. He continued to do it. And that goes into – you're not trying to restrain him. That goes into the cruelty is the point. That's the point. And I was raised – I was raised by Reagan Republicans. I was raised with police officers in my home every day. My dad is a police officer. I have known more police officers than I can count. And some of them are okay and some of them are not. Um, and that is the same with every group. Uh, but you have to go with this systemic change. And I have seen lately that, you know, you have police officers that are joining in the protests. And I think that's, I think that's great. I think it's wonderful that there are people that recognize that you have these issues. Uh, but I don't, you know, is it, is it too late? Is it too much to ask that? You know, that we all should be in the streets. We all should be out there demanding change from our government, demanding change for, you know, for all of this, for this, you know, these people are supposed to keep all of us safe. No matter who you are, you are supposed to be taken into custody. You are supposed to be protected. And when those people are gone, what do you have? You have bullshit, and you have anarchy, and you have rioting because people are frustrated. People are unemployed right now. People are in – we're in the middle of a fucking pandemic. And you think – you know, and you think that's – that detaining this guy with your foot on his neck, with your knee on his neck, you think detaining this jogger with a shotgun, you think those things are good ideas? You think that that is what the country needs? Fuck off. Treat each other with some fucking respect and some goddamn dignity. 
treat everybody that you see. Not all cops are bad. Not all cops are great, clearly. But, you know, everybody's just trying to fucking get along. We don't, don't, you know, this is not on us. This is not on, this is on the systemic flaws in our criminal justice system that need changed and somebody needs to fucking step up. Somebody needs to hold people accountable. Somebody needs to take care of this. And if it has to be us, then it has to be us. And we need to vote and we need to do whatever. But fucking Christ, people. You know, we watched a murder on TV. That's... It was, it, you know, it was disturbing. I, I talked to Logan. Me and Logan were talking about this yesterday. And I said that when you when you have when you watch this and and you you are like me you're you're 56 years old and you're white and and you watch this and you uh you're just enraged by the entire thing you're just completely enraged by the entire thing and now again i'm a 56 year old white man now imagine the rage that must be coming from a young African-American man who, who, you know, we all live in our own little bubbles, right? We don't live. I don't live in that bubble. And, and, and this, you know, hypothetical 30 year old, 25 year old young man has to live in that bubble every day. Can you imagine the rage that he's carried from other incidents and other incidents and other incidents. And now you have this on top of everything. So you, you, you just, I, I just can't imagine the intent because I know this, I've said this, you know, people talk about the damage or whatever. I know had I had to watch that video and that were my brother, I'd burn down every goddamn, every goddamn building in the street. I mean, they, they they would not be able to hide from me, you know, so... To get attention, to get your point across. No, just to get there. Yeah, yeah, if I had to make, if I had to burn no. down a... I don't give a fuck what I burned down. Somebody would pay for it. And, uh, you know, it, it 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 brings me back, you know, you, you were talking about those guys that were making the citizens arrest. And, you know, you know, I told you earlier this year, I had to make a citizens arrest myself. When I was carjacked or attempted carjacking. And, uh, right. you know, I had so many people ask me, you know, because I have a concealed carry. And so many people ask me, did you have your gun with you? And I thought, well, why the fuck was I going to shoot him? You know what I mean? I could just wrestle him down to the I, I mean, it, what is our first impulse right. to kill somebody? I don't. I don't want to kill somebody over that. And no. and it's and you know one one thing this one one thing that's happened. We've we've had a little bit of trouble in our city. Um, but you you remember you know you go back and it it, it ended with the Timothy Thomas thing and and we'd had a string of i think we had 15 in a row um police shootings and they were all all younger black men and uh yeah this was in 2000 i think 2001 2001, 2001. 
And the Department of Justice came in and they oversaw the Cincinnati Police Department. And they found out that a lot of a lot of this, you know, obviously you get a large group of people, you're going to have some that are racist, but but a good part of it was training. And and in Cincinnati police have gone through so they train constantly on diffusing situations, on things like that that we are now looked to as a as a model police force. You know, which is not to say they're perfect, but there's a way to handle things. And, and you know, luckily we have here in Cincinnati, um, we don't run into that. Um, and, and you also mentioned the autopsy. I, I thought it was really, really interesting that they said the man had COPD, um, an underlying yeah, issue. And, and I thought, well, it's like covid would he be walking around today had he not okay COPD and he got COVID and died well it wasn't the COPD that killed him it was the COVID it wasn't the COPD that killed this man it was the neck on his his goddamn throat yeah the excuse that he had pre-existing conditions is just bullshit in in law um, in civil law uh, in tort cases, you you take your victim as you find him. So, if you if someone has a heart problem, and you do something to give them make them have a heart attack, right? You're liable. You know, you're liable for that. But it just it, I just thought, why are we why are we having all these other discussions? Why are we having all these other discussions? You know, about the looting. You know, and and, and to me, the looters. You know, they're First of all, they're rookies, Timmy. They're rookies. That's what I'm going to say about these looters. They're a very small percentage. Well, if you want to be a looter, Timmy, what you do is you get yourself a suit and you go to work on Wall Street and you can loot a whole goddamn country and nobody says anything about you, you know, instead of just yeah. looting a target and getting, you know, some some sheets or whatever the hell it is. I mean, did you see this kind of outrage when our country was looted? And and that's what it really was in 2009. Our country was looted by bankers. And nobody cared about that. Um, but, but I do think, here is what I think, is I look at millennials. And I look at younger people. And, and, and I do see... A completely different attitude. I, I see a completely different intolerance for that in kind of intolerance. They they don't tolerate racism well. You know, people make fun of them about being snowflakes, about being whatever. But the reality is, they have a they have a better attitude. They have a better perspective on things like this than than. Yeah, um, the older not only race but sexual orientation and right, uh, and, yeah, and and I do believe that there's hope that there's going to be better. And, and <clears throat> but when you look back to me and <clears throat> I like the Ava Brothers and there's a song and it's got a lyric in it. You look back, slavery was 150 years ago, Timmy, and the average lifespan is 75 years old. We're only two life. Two lifespans, two lifespans away from slavery. 
you know it's it's not like it's an abstract thing yeah. you know that happened not even uh, like the yeah, roman empire I mean, you know and not and only one lifetime span from jim crow, jim crow. i mean right i i've told i think i've mentioned before when i was a kid um uh, there was a movie theater in in my town and uh they would have they still had the sign now they wasn't in, <coughs> they wasn't enforcing <laughs> segregation but they still had the sign, you know, a, a sign in their um, in in the movie theater that uh, pointed to the balcony, and it says "blacks," you know, right. and and uh, white only, you know, a water fountain. Mm. I mean, they wasn't enforcing it in nineteen sixty eight, sixty nine because it was illegal at that point. But I mean, it's not that long ago that right. it was, you know, it was the law. Yeah, and and I think that's the thing is that m- many of us that are alive today were raised with that. You know, it, it's not, mm-hmm. um, it's not, it's not the things of bygone days. You know, it's it's something that still was still in our lifetime. Sure, sure, and it's gonna take it's gonna take effort to to wash it away, but I. But I do really, you know, I, I really get, and I had to say to a uh, to a woman who I did not know, it was on Facebook, um, when she said two rights, two wrongs don't make a right. And I said, you know, I, I don't know you. I only know you from your statement. From your statement, you're ignorant. You know, you're just plain ignorant. I said, let me tell you what a wrong is. A wrong is you walk into a store you steal a candy bar, you go outside, and you don't pay for it. That's wrong. Yeah, that's a, that's a wrong. You put your knee on somebody's neck, put your hand in your pocket, and just coldly and callously wait for them to die. That's not a wrong. That's that's an inhumanity. That's a crime against humanity. Tragedy. Yeah, it, it's a... Yeah. That's not a wrong. You know, you can't... You can't you can't conflate these two defendants. things into the same thing. Right. And, 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 and even people that today, you know, say, well, it shouldn't have happened, but you know, don't, don't say, but no, just say, just no. say it, sh- it shouldn't have happened because you can, uh, there's consequences to things and, and the consequences that we're living with right now are, are this is that, you know, we have a large segment of our society feel like they have been pushed absolutely beyond the breaking point. And, and you know, you don't want to characterize it because so many, you know, in Cincinnati last night, we had, we had so many all throughout the day, very, very peaceful protests. You know, large groups of people walking down the streets and, you know, going to District 1, and they had no problems. And then later on that night, um, when they had it on the news, and I, I pointed this out to Logan, I said, look at the people screaming at the police and, and doing whatever. And, and the people that on Facebook, they're going to say, except for these people, the people were all white. They were all white. They were, so it was it was strange to me. 
um, that. But, you know, I, I don't know what. I, well, the answer is easy, you know. Be human. You know, that's, it's, it's not that goddamn hard. But that's what. But apparently it is too hard. Well, and I can't imagine, like, for myself, sitting watching, you know, both those incidents that were caught on camera or whatever, and watching that happen, you're right. I mean, you just, you get filled with so much rage because you're watching people that, you know, first of all, if if a citizen tries to intervene, they're going to get hurt. Well, you, Um, you... But then you have all these other police officers that are not... Stopping it, right? That and that's not, a true that crime. I mean, raging. Yeah, and it's it gives you such a feeling of um, hopelessness and of you know helplessness, and you know people don't like to people don't like to feel those things, and to have to feel that all the time, every time you step out your door, every time you not even if you have to step out your door to just feel that way. Um, is unfathomable to me. And so I guess the point, you know, that of us kind of talking about it and um, was because I, and I didn't want to ignore it. Um, I know that there are so many other factors that go into all of this um, that we don't have time to get into and, and all that. But, um, but I wanted to address it because I think that it's, it's incumbent upon all of us to make a change so that people in our society don't have to feel um, marginalized or hopeless or helpless or anything like that. I think that is it's incumbent upon all of us to make this change. And for those that don't want to change, they get left behind. They are the ones that need to be um, – they are the ones that need to be marginalized. They are the ones that need to be uh, that breed that don't want change, that don't want progress, that don't want um, – that breed needs to fade away. Um, and we need to really move forward in this country as a civilized society and civilized for everyone and not just the people that look like us or act like us. Is what I think. And Chuck sounds like he's left the building, so it doesn't matter. But but that was kind of all I wanted to say. And like I said, I know that I I probably have screwed some things up. And I know that – but I just – I wanted all of our listeners to know that um, we love all of you. Um, I find differences – I find people's differences fascinating rather than – infuriating um and you know i just wanted you all to know that with all of this going on that we tim chuck and i are trying to make um give people a bit of a reprieve uh when we sit on here and talk about dumb shit uh we're aware of what's happening and it affects us but we want some we would like to provide some place where people can go and just for a little bit maybe not have to worry about it. Yeah, and I, so I and as I said, I, I think that everybody who wants to 
talk about, yes, it was wrong, but I want you to put you in a position of put put your son's face on that man and tell me that you wouldn't burn down everything in your goddamn path to get justice for it. That's, you know, Absolutely. that's that's Absolutely. what I think about it. Okay, so, all right, so now let's talk about Bonnie and Clyde. Dude, I'm sure you know. You know this. This brings to mind to me. You know. You know mm-hmm. what they were. What? Desperados. Oh God! Why couldn't <laughs> they come to their senses? They was out riding no. fences, Timmy, for so long. Uh-huh. No. Easy Glenn Fry. No. (laughs) That's what came to mind when Timmy was telling me about this Desperados. No. Well, you've heard the story of Jesse James and how he lived and died. If you're still in need of something to read, here's the story of Bonnie and Clyde. Did you make that up? No, I did not. This poem was written by Bonnie Elizabeth Parker while her and her beau, Clybero, were on the run from the law in the early 1930s. They were perhaps the most romanticized pair of criminals in American history until they met the most brutal and imaginable Brandy. Bonnie and Clyde were a young couple in love, carelessly bouncing from one town to the next, robbing banks, killing police, and becoming media darlings in the process. And by the way, I love him. I love him. <laughs> if you, by the way, there's a great movie uh, on it's Netflix. Bonnie and Clyde. No, it's called The Highwayman. Oh, it's, uh, oh yeah, The Highwayman is a great movie. Yeah, it's not about Bonnie and Clyde. I mean, it's about Bonnie and Clyde, but it's more about uh, Frank Hammer, who was the Texas Ranger who... Wanting uh, them. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yes, tracked him down. Okay, so Bonnie Elizabeth Parker was born in 1910. Brandy, about around the same time you were born, in Ronia, Texas. She was Rowena? The, yeah, something like Rowena. that. Rowena. Yeah, no, there's... Yeah. She was the second of three children... Uh, her father, Charles Robert Parker, was a bricklayer. That's kind of rough, isn't it, Colonel, to lay bricks? Well, you got to be pretty hard to do it, Timmy. And you know, it's it's, it's oh it God, can be like done. Pipe. It can be done. It depends mm-hmm. on the hole in the brick and how hard you're going to be. But <laughs> you can do it. Well, he died when uh, Bonnie was just uh, four years old. Uh, Bonnie's widow. uh, widowed mother Emma Parker moved her family back to her parents home in an area known as Cement City Brandy which is an industrial suburb of West Dallas where she worked as a seamstress seamstress if you're not familiar with Dallas West Dallas is a very poor community I think it still is um and it's known as its nickname is the Devil's Back Porch. So it's a rough area where she and uh, also Clyde. <laughs> the Arrow Devil's Back Door. I've seen that movie, yeah. Timmy. 
<laughs> oh, God. Yeah. That was, yeah. So Bonnie's dream was to become a famous movie star, Brandy, or an award-winning poet. Well, why not do both? Well, she was sensitive. <clears throat> Have you seen pictures of Bonnie, Timmy? Yeah. She's a, she yeah. was as ugly as a bucket of chopped off toes, Timmy. She yeah, wasn't going to be was, no movie star. She wasn't no Faye Donaway, that's for sure. Oh, but no. um, as a bucket of chopped off toes. Mm-hmm. That is an image. Thank you for that. <laughs> Just popped well, in my head. Um, <laughs> yeah, she was not an attractive woman, but she was uh, both of them were very small. I think she was like four eleven. Yeah, and uh, Clyde was like five four. I think we get into that, but. Uh, but anyway, she loved to write poetry and would go on to have some of her poems published nationwide in newspapers all over the country uh, when she and Clyde were on the run. Now, this story is very um, – is, it, there's so many crimes that they committed that it's hard – I mean, we'd have to do a four-hour podcast to to, um, to mention them all. So and we're not we're not going to get – we're, not above, we're not above that, but we're not going to do that today. But um, we're just hitting the highlights. We are just hitting the highlights, and the thing about them is that they had literally no plan. Yeah, you know, there was no, there was no method. Kind of like how we go through life, <laughs> kind of, yeah. And they were they were pretty inept as in terms of criminals, but uh, they never really got a big score, despite robbing banks. Um, but you know, uh, in the movies, of course, they they were uh, portrayed as uh, being these uh, amazing uh, bank robbers and such. But they were really pretty inept. But anyway, Bonnie's family was poor, and it was a struggle to keep food on the table. In her second year of high school, Bonnie met Roy Thornton. I, I think he's probably related to Lanny by the descriptions of him, Colonel. Land, Lanny, of course, the the man that Brandy will maybe marry in, uh, in the future. But anyway, mm-hmm. Bonnie met Roy Thornton. The couple dropped out of, uh, out of school and got married on September 25th, 1926. So, yeah, their anniversary is coming up in a few months. Uh, Great. It was six days before her 16th birthday. Your thoughts on that, Brandy? That's ridiculous. That's fucking ridiculous. Their marriage was marred by uh, by her husband's frequent absences and brushes with the law. And the marriage would prove to be short-lived. I'm shocked by that. He outlived her. Um, He was in prison. I bet. He was in prison when she died, but he died pretty young, too, I think. He was uh, murdered, I think. So, yeah. so that's Roy Thornton. She would stay. Um, she would. They would never divorce. And uh, when when she was when, uh, well, I'll get to that. They never divorced, but on their past crossed again. Their past never crossed again after January nineteen twenty nine. She was still wearing her wedding ring, Brandy, when she died. Uh, Roy Thornton was in prison. When he heard of her death, her untimely death. Hmm. Uh, 
After the end of their marriage, Bonnie Parker moved with in with her mother and worked as a waitress in Dallas at a little cafe uh, known as Hargraves Cafe, which, by the way, the cafe is still there. It's not Hargraves anymore. <laughs> but uh, they're working. Uh, so a developer has bought it, and uh, they're trying to open it up, uh, put another cafe there in East Dallas, where Hargraves Cafe was. But uh, Clyde Chestnut Barrel was born on March 24th, 1909, into a poor family in Ellis County, Texas, southeast of Dallas. Um, Clyde was the fifth of seven children of Henry Basil Barra and his wife, Cummy. 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 It's not Cummy. Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. It's, not, it's be. Cummy. Could be Cummy. Cummy Talitha. Cummy Talitha Walker. One of my new favorite names ever. Almost well, as good as Betty Beats. Well, they were migrant farmers. Well, they owned their own land at first, and then uh, they 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 went broke trying to be. Uh, uh, they grew cotton and uh, fell on hard times. And then they became sharecroppers, and finally, during the Depression, uh, in, in well, right before the Depression, nineteen twenty. They uh, moved to the city where they settled in the urban slum of West Dallas. The Barrows relocated to West Dallas, a part of the town is known as the Devil's Back Porch. It was a dirt poor community and the family lived under a wagon until they got enough money to buy a tent, Brandy. Your thoughts on that? Well, that is, that is poor. That is very poor. Well, at least they had a wagon to live under. That's true. I mean, that's true, but, you know, they had to save to buy a tent. Well, something. well you know, I, <laughs> Colonel, I've, I've, I thought I was poor living under a wagon until I met a man who didn't have a wagon. That's right. That's right. That's so profound. I, you know what, Timmy? Back in the good days, I lived in a van down by the river, Timmy. Now I live I in a tent there. down by the river. <laughs> I remember the I remember the 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 gravy days, Timmy, when I had a van down by the river. But now I'm yeah, now, now I'm in a now you live in a tent in a tent. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. 
For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Uh, Clyde's first arrest it was in late 1926 at age 17. Uh, he ran from the police when... Speaking of tense, uh, Timmy. Uh-huh. You know, when you say Faye Dunaway... For some reason, I always think about Jessica Lang. Uh huh. And the and then, moment I think about Jessica Lang, I pitch a tent, Timmy. Please don't. Just saying the Oof. name right here. Bing. Yep. You can sleep. Oof. You can sleep four in there, Timmy. Why did you? Why do you think of uh, Jessica Lang when you think of Faye Dunaway? They're two different people. They're two different people, but they were similar era actresses and. Um, um, is, is there really anybody ever been born that's hotter than Jessica Lange? She was pretty good in the Postman. Oh, don't say that. That scene in the Postman always on the dining room table, Timmy. <clears throat> Please. Mm. Mm. That that is one of the best scenes. He he. he. Oh. Please stop. Please stop. That's why he rang twice, ah. Brandy. That's why he rang twice. Oh. Oh. Okay, God. continue, Timmy. Thank you, Please Kermit. don't bring up Jessica so, Lang again. Don't worry. I'm gonna need to smoke a so cigarette real I quick. I saw that. You know, I saw that movie when I was. My dad took me to see that first movie I ever went to was uh, Bonnie and Clyde, Faye Dunaway and Warren Beatty. And um, I, you know, I, I was. I was. I think I was in the first grade, and uh, we had ah, sh- appropriate. show show. Yeah. That's so what my teacher thought. Uh, we had show and tell, and I I talked about going to the movies and see Bonnie and Clyde, and you know my my first grade teacher just kind of lost her shit. Like your parents let you see that? It was a good movie. I thought it was. A anyway, good I seen the yeah. car that they were in when they were shot up to me. Me too. They brought it to my hometown. We'll get into that later. Okay, so um, Clyde rented a car and didn't turn it in in time. And so the police came after him. That was his first arrest in 1926. His second arrest was with his brother, Buck Barrow. Uh, soon after uh, that first occasion, when he was arrested for possession of a stolen turkey. Your comments on that, uh, Brandy? Wow. Wow. Not just a stolen turkey. Stolen turkey. Oh, plural. Plural. Yeah. You have possession of many, many stolen turkeys. I don't know. That gives you no street cred in jail. <laughs> what are you in here for? Yeah, stole some turkeys. Well, it's now, interesting you say that because he has problems in jail. Clyde. Yeah, he does. Clyde had some legitimate jobs during 1927 uh, through 1929, but he also cracked safes. Robbed stores and stole cars. I cannot tell you. We're going through this, uh, going you know, doing the research on this. How many fucking st- cars they stole? I mean, it's like they stole like two cars a day. So, 
they had a lot of stolen cars, and they they stole a lot of license plates because they kept changing license plates whenever they uh, committed some sort of robbery. Clyde met a nineteen-year-old. Can I? Can I? When you when you're talking about stealing license plates, can I just interject something here, Timmy? Do you know? Do you know what gave these 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 ruffians such an advantage and Clyde was Clyde was smart in this and babyface Nelson and the rest of them mm-hmm. is do you know what they would steal no they was oh yeah V8 the Ford V8 Timmy because yeah. the police the could Ford not V8, catch him right. if they had the Ford V8 yeah so they would always yeah, steal V8, the Ford V8 and that's how they got away because you know they didn't have they didn't have the internets back then, Timmy, where the police could just say, "Hey, you know, you up ahead and there." You know, they they just had to ch- try to catch him. And if you had the, well, the other V eight, you couldn't catch him. And the other thing related to that is that uh, they could uh, the p- police could not go across state lines. Yeah, they had to slam so on their brakes right at state lines. Yeah. If they if they committed a crime in Texas, they could go across the border to Oklahoma. Yeah, and that's where they tended to uh, they tended to hit those border cities. You know, the ones that they could get away with. Of course, the law was changed um, uh, for Bonnie and Clyde and Dillinger and the rest uh, during that era. But uh, that was a real advantage. But uh, speaking of the Ford V eight. Clyde would, was so impressed with the Ford V8s that he always stole that he wrote a thank you letter to Henry Ford. Mm-hmm. And if you and if you go on the internet and Google it, you'll see the letter. Um, he wrote a letter to Henry Ford thanking him for uh, making the Ford V8 uh, because he was, he was able to get away. Oh, there's so many occasions where they got, you know, they were uh, surrounded by the police and, and somehow escaped. Um, and a lot of the murders that they've committed, they were nine total. Most of them were law enforcement. But anyway, Clyde met and married um, Bonnie Parker. Oh, he met Bonnie Parker through a mutual friend in January of 1930. They spent much. They were never married. They spent much of their time together during the following weeks. Their romance was interrupted when Clyde was arrested and convicted of auto theft. Now Clyde was sent to Easton Prison, Easton Prison Farm, in April nineteen thirty, at the age of twenty-one. He escaped from prison uh, shortly after being incarcerated using a weapon that Bonnie had smuggled to him. He was recaptured he was recaptured shortly after that and sent to prison. See, uh, Colonel, she was a real woman. She took care of her man. Damn right she did. No, she smuggled in a smuggled in a shank and a and a No you know, smuggled in a shank and a shank, Timmy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's that's a real woman. That's commitment. That's Bonnie and Cl- Bonnie and Clyde were short in stature. Brandy Clyde was five four five feet four inches and skinny, and Bonnie was four feet eleven inches. Now, being short, Colonel, short and skinny, made Clyde vulnerable in Eastern. Prison. Oh no, Timmy! You know what I mean? Oh no! 
That Clyde was repeat repeatedly sexually assaulted while in prison. That. And we 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 condemn that, Colonel. We we are we are against that. Even even Clyde, even Clyde didn't have that mm-hmm. coming because actions have consequences, Timmy. And and tell me what happened to the man that did this to Clyde. Well, Clyde retaliated by attacking and killing his tormentor while he was asleep with a lead pipe crushing his skull. Mm-hmm. That this was Clyde's first murder. Another inmate who was already serving a life sentence claimed responsibility, so Clyde was never charged with that murder. They had made the arrangement. Uh, the guy they killed had also assaulted uh, this this guy was in for a life sentence, so uh, they made an agreement that if Clyde killed him, the other guy would take responsibility, and he did. So Clyde was never charged with his murder. But Ch- Clyde would never forget his time at Easton Prison. In fact, when I said earlier that they didn't really have a, any kind of plan, they just kind of roamed from town to town and robbed grocery stores. And a lot of times they only got gas money. Um, but uh, the one one plan that Clyde did have, and Clyde always had to be in charge. He was he kind of had a Napoleon complex. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the one thing that one plan they did have, he wanted to uh, uh, go in and break out, ha- ha- help prisoners break out of Easton Prison, and um, they would break into armories and steal weapons uh, to, for that uh, purpose. And eventually, they do do that. But uh, Brandy, tell us about their Bonnie and Clyde's crime spree. So, well, so Timmy, did you? Uh, Clyde didn't have to do the hard labor. Why? Well, let me tell you why. Uh, and this takes commitment, and so you gotta you gotta give him a you gotta give him a thumbs up for this or whatever. But in order to avoid hard labor in the fields, Barrow purposefully had two of his toes chopped off, uh, either by himself or he had another inmate do it in late January of nineteen thirty two. Commitment, and you know, and you know what they did with those toes, devil. Are either of you committed enough to something? Do you know what they did with those toes? They threw them in a bucket. Put them in a bucket with the other toes. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I mean, I would be probably up to that if I was getting sexually assaulted every day. (laughs) Well, no, he's trying to avoid hard labor. Well, yeah, you know, there's hard labor and there's hard labor, Uh, and I think that. Right. You know, well, one you can. I prefer uh, just so, to claim. I I prefer just to claim back problems, but you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, because of this, he walked with a limp for the rest of his life. Uh, it was bad timing, though, <clears throat> because Clyde was set free six days after his intentional injury. <laughs> Without his knowledge, his mom had successfully petitioned for his release. Oh. That's sweet. So he cut off his toes, and six days later, Mama came to get Ma- him. Mommy got him out. Uh, yeah. And uh, later on, uh, Bonnie uh, was hurt, and they had a car wreck when they were trying to get away. And um, she had she had injured herself. So basically, they both were lame. I mean, not weak, but just lame. Literally yeah. lame. Well, Clyde, Clyde had a good mama, and I, and I think... 
Merle Haggard said it best, Timmy. Mama tried. Mm-hmm. Clyde turned Mama 21 in prison, Timmy, doing life without parole. No one could steer him right, but Mama tried. Mama tried. Oh, my God. See, people are used to me singing so, the Bee Gees, but the, some, of our, some of our listeners I, like the old school yeah, country. Yeah. yeah. All right. How about a boy, so little boy named Sue, Colonel? Oh. Uh, no, we'll we'll save that one for another episode, Timmy, because okay. because it would seem okay. insensitive after Clyde's, you know, unfortunate yeah. Unfor- adventures in prison. Yeah, yeah, that guy may have called him Sue. I don't know. His sentence at Eastham made Clyde bitter, uh, and he vowed vengeance against the guards. Instead of turning over a new leaf, Clyde began a, cl- a crime spree that would last for two years and make him famous around the world. Yeah, he was famous. Yeah. After his release from prison, he began robbing grocery stores and gas stations at a rate far outpacing the 10 or so bank robberies attributed to him and the Barrow gang. I would like to say, Clyde- you know he's famous because we're talking about him on this podcast. Well, yes. Uh, Clyde and, and his you- gang would... You have not made it until you've been on our podcast. Right. We've talked about yeah, you. Yeah, you're just you're just minor league till you've been on our podcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We never missing that uh, serial killer from Florida when with the uh, you know that a lot of people talk about. We haven't mentioned him on our podcast. The Gainesville Ripper? You know, no, no, no. I'm talking about you know TB. I'm not going to say his name. He he's not worthy of our. Oh podcast. yeah, yeah, yeah. The fake. To, well, it wasn't a fake serial killer, but the overhyped serial killer, Timmy. Exactly. Go ahead, Brandy. All Continue. Right. So, uh, Clyde and his gang would raid armories throughout the Southwest Hello? to further Clyde's plan of attacking Eastham Prison and releasing the prisoners there. His favorite weapon was the M1918 Browning Automatic Rifle, or BAR. Are your th- uh, your thoughts on that, uh, Colonel? Um, It's got a lot of kick to it, Timmy. Got a lot of kick. The old mm-hmm. bar does, but it it only well, takes. Other members of the gang preferred the Tommy gun, the Thompson submachine gun, made here in mm-hmm. Newport, Kentucky. Yep, of course it is. Clyde Shot King, a forty-five, Timmy. Forty-five caliber round, Timmy. That's an ugly gun, mm-hmm. right there. I got those rounds. I like the round clips. Yeah, made it look cool. Like you like? No, you don't give a shit. You just like the way they look. Let's settle down. Yeah, it looks badass. All right. So Clyde's gang mostly consisted of Bonnie and guys who Clyde served time in prison with. Later, uh, Clyde's older brother Buck and his wife Blanche joined the crew. And on April 30th, 1932, Clyde Barrow was the getaway driver in a robbery in Hillsboro, Texas, during which a store owner, J.N. Busher, was shot and killed. Busher's wife identified Clyde from police photographs as one of the shooters, although he had stayed outside in the car. On August 5th, 1932, Clyde, Barrow, and gang members Raymond Hamilton and Ross Dyer were drinking moonshine at a county dance in Stringtown, Oklahoma, uh, when Sheriff C.G. Maxwell and Deputy Eugene C. Moore huh, approached them in the parking lot. Clyde and Ray Hamilton open fire, killing Moore and gravely wounding Maxwell. Deputy Moore was the first law officer that Barrow and his gang had killed, and eventually they would murder nine more. 
During the next two years, Bonnie and Clyde made a name for themselves as their crime spree took them from Texas all the way to Minnesota. Uh, The makeup of the Barrow Gang changed from time to time with Bonnie and Clyde being the two constants. The gang would steal an unknown quantity of automobiles during their two-year crime spree. They would rob gas stations and grocery stores throughout Texas, Oklahoma, and Missouri. And often, their take would amount to little more than gas money. I don't even understand their fucking point. Well, those V8s didn't get real good mileage, devil. Well, but, you know. So they robbed banks, but they never seemed to wait. They never seemed to get away with much money, and they also never seemed to have a real plan. Again, a lot like mm-hmm. us. They just drove from state to state, robbing stores when they got low on cash. Newspapers and True Detective magazines chronicled and sensationalized their exploits. Bonnie and Clyde soon gained celebrity status, and they also became a source of embarrassment for officials in Texas. Throughout their daring run, they managed to avoid being caught despite their celebrity status. Clyde was a romanticized version of a rebellious gangster, and Bonnie was often thought of as his innocent girlfriend, chasing him for love and getting caught up in his lifestyle through no fault of her own. I will say, yeah, I will say about Bonnie is that um, apparently she never uh, was involved in any of the uh, shootouts. I mean, she was there and they have a, they had a major one. We don't cover very much here, but they had a major one in Joplin, Missouri. And if you've seen the movie, you you know how that all went down. It was a very uh, horrific shootout with police. Clyde's brother but, got um, Clyde's brother got took one yeah. in the eyeball, Timmy. Yeah, and um, yeah, and he later died. But but um, Bonnie was really she was there, but uh, she didn't commit any of the crimes. But she was guilty, of course associate you know by association but um but she gets blamed for some of the murders and we'll talk you'll go ahead and talk about that well um let's see uh in november of 1933 a dallas grand jury issued a warrant for the arrest of bonnie and clyde one of their gang members wd jones had been arrested in dallas in september and had identified Bonnie and Clyde as perpetrators of several crimes leading to the warrants. A few months later, another warrant was issued, and this time for the murder of two motorcycle cops outside of Dallas. Though Bonnie was often seen as a bystander in the duo's crimes, the Texas murders changed that. A farmer who claimed he'd witnessed the murder grossly exaggerated Bonnie's part in it, claiming that she'd been the one that had been holding the gun, and she had laughed as he died. It's believed now that Bonnie had simply been, as she always was, a bystander. Yeah, that they oh, had. I, just to add to that murder, they were um, they would always go back home to West Dallas, and make they couldn't drive into the parents' house because they you know they 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 were police were watching there. But uh, what they would do is pass word on to their family. To meet them out, you know, out of town on the highway, and they were they were there to uh, meet their family when these two motorcycle cops saw them pulled off the side of the road. Thought that they were, you know, they had broken down, and they was going there to help them. 
and uh, Clyde and one of his other gang members. Uh, well, Clyde often would kidnap police and then turn them loose. And so he told his partner, you know, let's take him. Well, his partner didn't realize what taking him mean. He thought it meant killing him. And so he he fired on the police officers, killing both of them. And this is when kind of the the, the before that um, people were kind of rooting for Bonnie and Clyde because it was during the depression. Banks were foreclosing on farms and homes, and so they were robbing banks. So they naturally people you know identified with that, and they were kind of rooting for Bonnie and Clyde. But this kind of this after this incident. It kind of turned the public against them. Oh, yeah, I guess. Um, the farmer's account made headlines, and the police in Texas offered a $1,000 reward for the pair's bodies, not their capture. So, Charles, do you want to talk about the Yeah, let me tell you about the ambush, because this was, this was a... Uh, well, one of the dead police officers was 22-year-old patrolman H.D. Murphy. Now, he was new to the job when he was killed, and Officer Murphy was killed a few days before he was to be married. Now, Murphy's fiance wore her wedding ring and wedding gown, wedding gown. to his funeral. Wedding gown. Yeah, wedding ring and a wedding gown. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's got to, you know, that's going to stir up some public sympathy. Now, of course, this was covered in all the newspapers, and the public, who had been sympathetic to Bonnie and Clyde, turned against them. Now, the police decided to ramp up their efforts. They spent months searching for the pair, as well as an accomplice named Henry Metwin. Now, Henry was from Louisiana, and the gang would hide out when things got too hot in Texas. Isn't it always too hot in Texas? Yeah, it's just, even in December, it's too damn hot in Texas. Now, the police in Louisiana got word that the duo was on their way to Beaverville Parish to hide out. How'd you like to live there? Beaverville Parish. Beaverville. Beaverville. It was in Beaverville. It is not Beaverville. No, I know. Wangerville. Well, that's what the locals called it, Beaverville. Mm. Because they had a little... They had a little ranch down there. They set aside was you know, back in the day, and uh, had a madam, and uh, she had a so it, it earned the name Beaverville. What? No, that's not at all what happened. So I w- but, but picture the times. What I just told you, the noose was tightening on Bonnie and Clyde. Good. Picture it, Sicily, nineteen thirty. Beautiful, beautiful prose there, Timmy. Now, Thank you, on man. the evening of May 21, 1934, a police posse compromised of six members from the Texas and Louisiana Police Department set up an ambush on the main road into Beaverville. They enlisted. Will you quit calling it that? <laughs> I'm picturing a little sign with a little beaver saying, <laughs> welcome to Beaverville. Well, I got to tell you, Timmy, I think it's on the I think it's Blaineville. On the script, I, I got my is. font set to low so I can see 10 things at once and uh and uh it's it's looks like Beaverville to me. Anyway, yeah, it's close. They enlisted It's close. 
Metvin's father, whom Bonnie and Clyde were familiar. To wait on the side of the road is a distraction. Now, the posse waited for Bonnie and Clyde the entire night. So the next day, you know, they was, it was hot there. They was grumpy. They didn't have no coffee. They was peeing in the woods, sleeping in tents. Yeah, and he was he had his uh, he he had his car jacked up like he was changing the tire. Yeah. Well, then, as they were about to give up, the duo arrived. Timmy at nine fifteen a.m. The posse got their first look at Bonnie and Clyde speeding down the back road at eighty-five miles an hour in the now infamous Ford V eight that we had previously talked about. Now, upon seeing his father, they parked on the side of the road. And pulled over. Then, before Bonnie and Clyde had time to exit, the police officers neither identified themselves or gave themselves gave them a chance to give up. They just opened fire. Now, Clyde was killed instantly by a shot to the head. And one of the officers recounted hearing Bonnie scream as she realized he was dead. Officers emptied their entire supply of ammunition into the car, firing 167 rounds in all. Which, when you think about it, if I'm going to take off body and cloud, I'm going to bring more than 167 rounds of ammunition with me. Now, Well, I don't think they needed more than 100. Well, you never know. <clears throat> After the death of Bonnie and Clyde, researchers have found that each was shot more than 50 times. More than 50. Think about that. They were shot more than 50 cent. Even mm-hmm. though the off- official coroner's report at the time said Bonnie sustained 26 wounds and Clyde 17. The undertaker reported that he had difficulty embalming the bodies due to the number of bullet holes. They was leaking. Oh, my God. Can you Yeah, imagine? the embalming fluid just, just duct tape they, they look like, you know, one of those things on Wile E. Coyote where he just leaking all over the place. <laughs> you just got to have to duct tape them shut. Now, the scene of Bonnie and Clyde's death quickly descended into chaos with local looters trying to get a piece of the gangsters before the coroner arrived. One man tried to cut off Clyde's ear. Another took pieces of Bonnie's bloodstained dress. By the time the authorities came to remove the bodies, there was a growing crowd full of people trying to get in on the action. Now, though Bonnie had been... Keep it classy, Beaverville. (laughs) Though Bonnie and Clyde had been quite the team in life, in death they were unceremoniously separated. Though they had wished to be buried together, Bonnie's family wouldn't allow it. They would not allow a demon seed like Clyde to be next to her. Now, both bodies are buried in Dallas, Texas, but in separate cemeteries. More than- yeah, they're nine, they, are, they are nine miles apart, and the surviving member of Bonnie's family, I think it's her niece, she's like 70-some years old, and the surviving member of Clyde's family, who is also 70-some years old, are now petitioning to get them buried. Well, that's down there towards the bottom. Yeah, I'm just I'm just yeah. sharing it now. You're just jumping ahead. Mm-hmm. But they're trying to get them buried together. Well, more than 10,000 mourners attended Bonnie's funeral. Clyde only drew 5,000. He was he was kind of the B criminal in the He wasn't group. as popular. Yeah. He wasn't as popular as Bonnie. Apparently. No, he was like the he was the uh, oats 
He was like the oats of the Hall and Oats, you know. Uh huh. Bonnie yeah. was Hall. He's Ringo. So, but you couldn't have Bonnie without Clyde. No, that's my feeling. No, you couldn't. But Clyde didn't get the he he didn't get the credit he deserved. Now the couple's famous four V eight dubbed a death car made its rounds nationwide for years after the death of Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah, I saw it at my a bank in Portsmouth. Yeah, I just saw it. It's it's up at a place in Indiana right now. At a, uh, I, there's a small, small little. Well, why don't museum. you why don't you read ahead, Colonel? Okay. And riddled uh, with bullet holes and blood stains, it was po- a popular tourist attraction, and it was displayed at fairs, amusement parks, flea markets for almost forty years before it settled at Whisk. So you. Whiskey Pete's Hotel and Casino in Prim, Nevada. A lo- Wouldn't you like to go to a flea market where you could see Bonnie and Parker? Yeah, and oh, hell yeah. Car? I love me a good flea market. Mm-hmm. Alongside <laughs> the brutal photos of Bonnie and Clyde's death scene, the car serves as a haunting reminder of the bloody end of two of American history's most infamous outlaws. In 2018, relatives of both Bonnie and Clyde began a GoFundMe, I suppose, effort to reinter Clyde's remains in a grave next to Bonnie. Bonnie and Clyde's demise were eerily predicted in one of Bonnie's poems. Someday, oh, I'm sorry, never mind. Someday they will go down together. They will bury them side by side. To few it will be grief. To the law, a relief. But it's the death for Bonnie and Clyde. All right. And so, Brandy, what's your final thoughts on Bonnie and Clyde? You know, that's you live by the sword, you die by the sword. I don't think they had swords back then, Brandy. <laughs> did you did you read it? I think they actually, actually did, have, did swords. have swords. Colonel, Colonel, did did you hear us mention swords throughout this podcast? I didn't hear one mention of a sword. I don't know where she gets that from, Timmy. Mm. <laughs> Colonel, your your final thoughts on the death? Of well, Bonnie you know, it was the depression back then. Times were hard. You know, man, got to make a living somehow, Timmy. Didn't mm-hmm. have to shoot the police run think- away, but uh, well, why did why did he think he cut off his toes? He cut off his toes because I, you know, I think he cut off his toes to make himself uglier to the other men in prison. Timmy, <laughs> might be the case. <laughs> it could be. <clears throat> all right, uh, we would like to thank all of the wonderful people who support us on Patreon. If you would like to support us on Patreon, just go to. Patreon.com slash History Dweebs. History Dweebs, all one word. And uh, you can make a donation to make ensure that this fine podcast continues. And we would like to thank, give a shout out to those who have so generously contributed to the podcast. So take it away, Colonel. Yes, we would like to thank Andrea, <clears throat> Louise Siddons, Tessie, Poor. Katie Byer, Danielle Townsend, Marianne Knight, Adam McWaters, Elaine Baker, Alexandra Alley, Alicia Mincy, the Already Gone Podcast, Timmy, 
with the lovely Nina that we had previously mm-hmm. spoken of. Amanda Chris. Uh, she doesn't she doesn't swear on that podcast. She doesn't. And have we announced this to me? You have a, a podcast, a wonderful podcast, Deb Ball, that Nina will be doing. She will. So if, She's if, going to be the voice of Deb Ball. So excited about if you that. Wanna hear, if you want to hear great baseball stories um, by a great host, listen. It's Deb Ball. Now, Amanda Christine. Amber Anderson, Amber Scoville, Anna Gerline, Andrea O'Dell, Andrew Frazier, Angelo Santos, Angelo Villapane, Anna Garrett, Annette Petre, Anon, Becky Trainer, Ben Dobrovich, Brandy McBride, Bridget Bernard, uh, Brittany Irvin Martin, of course, the Bloody Murder Podcast with Barney and Tara? Tara, yes. Very, very Kelly, Kelly, Kelly Jones, Kelly Jones, Kelly Jones, Kelly Jones. We haven't heard from Kelly for a while. Kelly, if you're out there. I think she's kind of forsaken. Um, I think she's kind of forsaken Facebook a little bit, Timmy. I think she mm. just had it. I can understand that. Yeah, I think she just had enough of, enough of that. Um, where was I at, Timmy? Callie Jones, okay. Oh, Kelly Jones. Our favorite Canadian, Christy Lee and Canadian True Crime. Carl Asplin. Another great podcast. She does have a big podcast. Carol Elise. Um, uh, Charlie from Crime Lines, another fantastic podcast. Absolutely. Cheryl LeBlanc, Chris Lane, Christine Howell, Cindy, Clark, and Diane Trowbridge. Who just now see, I can see Clark and Diane as Bonnie and Clyde. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I could. I could. But I think I think that uh, Diane would be much more active in the killing than Bonnie Parker was. See, now I, I could see see I, I could see as them as the anti Bonnie and Clyde. I could see oh, I could see Clark and Diane as the two as a duo a bounty hunter pair basically. Going out and capturing Bonnie and Clyde. Crime fight. Oh, you want them to be dog. No, and and, you know Clark and Diana be that couple that just drove around the country, uh, stopping, helping people change tires. You know, remember the CVS Good Samaritan van? Do they still have that, Timmy? I haven't seen it. I think somebody might have might have kidnapped a driver and stolen the van, and they gave it up or something, but. Um, let's see the comeback podcast, Daniel Bissett, Diane Student, Erica Kenny, Aaron Turner, Fiona Crisp, Gina Green, Jay Cleveland Payne, Jahara Lopez, Jamie Dent, Iro, Jason Dykes, Jeff and Don Chestnut. Be great to see them again. Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah. That now that's that's a Bonnie and Clyde couple right there. Jennifer mm-hmm. Orcutt, Jennifer Svoda, Jess Warford, Jessica Greeno, Julia Rodriguez, Cam Bonds, Kelly Charette, Kim Stroop, Kimberly Smith, Christine Malachinsky, <clears throat> Laura O'Reilly, Lydia Fisher, Maja, Marsha Boris, Marie, Marquia Smith, Mary Courtney Sheldon, Melissa Montoya, Michelle Johns, who we... Hope and praise doing well. She did her last, last, she's done in the COVID unit now, Timmy. 
She's done in the yes, COVID. she is. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you to all of our nurses and uh, the doctors pleasing terrors podcast. Um, let's see, Robin Sherrard, Ron Monasterio, Ruth Whitfield, Sarah Bloom, Charlene, Shannon Arnold, Shirley Strap, Stacey Alsop, Stephen Potts, Terry Stratford, The Vanish Podcast, Timmy. And and when you get into the when you get into the podcast and the heavy hitters, we already we already hit a couple of them. They walk among us, Timmy. They walk among us. Our good friend, they got a new season coming yes, out. Yes, they do. And good friends in Arizona. They're basically a media empire right now, a media conglomerate. They wrote a book. They are. Ben appears on TV shows from time to time. As, I'm telling you, they're like, they're like uh, Roy Rogers and Dale Evans. Um, no, they're like the Jim and Tammy yes. Faye yes. of true crime, Timmy. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, they're, they're everywhere and famous. I mean, they're the, they're the top names. They are. And, and they true are. crime. So, uh, Todd Long, Tommy Lane, Leanne Flanagan, Timmy. The lovely Leanne Flanagan. And I figured out her occupation. If anybody wants to send me an email or send me some clues, I think I figured it out. Um, Tracy Smith, but if I say it on the radio, she'll have to kill me. Um, Tracy Smith, Vive. Rebecca L., Jin Lee, Alan Cox, Whitney James, Rudy the Wonder Dog, and Bo said to tell you he's one year old now. He's old enough to become a sponsor, become a Patreon, so he's he's getting ready to sign up. Is he? Does he have a credit card? Um, he he applied for one, and he's he's waiting to hear back. Rudy had to co-sign for him. Um, I see. And 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 the woman we do this show for week after week after week, Dottie, we we're sorry we didn't go into more graphic detail about every killing they had. Um, but we hope you get the overall gist of this, and we hope you're doing well. The lovely Dottie Scott. All right. And Patreon well, sponsors, we are at 99 sponsors. So if you want to be the 100th sponsor of our show... You could just find us on Patreon, History Dweebs. It's all one word if you do the search. Um, and you could be the 100th sponsor of our show. Yes, it's patreon.com slash History Dweebs, all one word. And we, we apologize. All right, we uh, appreciate you staying with us for the first 10 minutes as we address the uh, first 20 minutes as we address these yeah. events yeah. and some very... I, I, you know, I don't even like to say this, but some very coherent and well thought out statements from from the devil that surprises me. Yeah, I yeah. even a blind even a blind squirrel finds a net every yeah. once in a while. So, yeah. so we appreciate all of you listening. It's 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 troubled times Stay out there safe. right now. Stay safe. Um, take care of each other. And and that's it. And come back next week. <laughs> okay. Thank you for joining us, everyone. We'll see you next time on History Tweets. Bye, everyone. Good day. Bye-bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.